Hello and welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. I'm Tony Clark, your host, and today's special guest is Barry McGuire. You may have heard that name before. Barry is the third generation president of McGuire's Incorporated, which produces one of the top selling car waxes in America. He's also the founder and president of Ignite America. Now, that's a ministry focused on igniting Christians to ignite America with revival, one person at a time. His television show, Car Crazy, aired worldwide for many years on Discovery Networks, and his Ignite Your Life television show airs on television networks in the U.S. and online. Ignite with Barry McGuire radio features are heard daily on over 800 Christian radio stations, and Barry hosts a podcast by the same name. And without further ado, welcome, Barry, to the program. Well, thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better here. Well, it's, it's again, I'm, I'm blessed to have you on. God's blessed me in that, that way. Um, but, Barry, I've got to tell you, I certainly want to discuss your book, your brand-new book that you've got out, which is called Ignite Your Life, Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith. I want to discuss that, but just let me give you a little bit, bit about a background um, if I can talk here, how, how I came to discover you. I, I, I used to, I still do, I channel surf on occasion, and I found your, your, your show Car Crazy. Okay. And okay. Yeah. yeah, it's about a year ago, and uh, you, were, um, you were actually interviewing Jeff Beck, who recently passed yes. on his car collection. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that specific program? Well, uh, I'm not... I, I, that's not my persuasion of music. Um, hugely respectful of Jeff Beck and all his expertise, but I've not been to a Jeff Beck concert and not had been in his fan club or whatever. And all of a sudden I find myself having the opportunity to talk to him as a car guy. And I had a little bit of apprehension driving and we like to never find his place out in the hinterlands of far away from anything else. We finally found it to his wonderful home and his wonderful wife. And, and, um, and then just fell in love because he's a car guy as I am. We started talking cars and we ended up doing two shows, not one. And he had so many great car guy stories and we just we just we just had an amazing time with him and, and one of the most important was at the end he just played some guitar for us and I watched his fingers going up and down the keyboard and it's such a God given talent, you know. Um amazing, amazing guy. Really, really was an amazing guy. A great car guy i mean he 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 was almost known more for his cars than his music as hard as that may be to understand but knowing him personally that's what really turned him on he loved cars and and kept cars over here in the united states and drove them all over here so uh yeah it, it was a great guy and, and, and a great opportunity uh to to interview him and, and hear his heart there are there any interviews when you did the car crazy show that, that really stick out to you well, I did it for 18 years, and so I'm often asked, "What was the best show?" They were all great shows. We just we just had a blast. I never thought I'm I'm selling car wax. What on earth does that have to do with doing a TV show? But as it happened, I uh, uh, Leslie Kennedy, who runs our um, who at the time ran all of our corporate communications, came and so you know almost all these guys. You've been around since the hobby began. And you could interview them and, and get stories going, and it would mesmerize people. Let's, how about giving it a try? So we started out on, on Speed Vision, which was just the first car guy network at the time, and we were one of their first shows. And that went until we got on uh, you know, Discovery Channels around the world. We went for 18 years, and uh, we just had a, a blast everywhere we went. Uh, it took a big part of my life for 18 years, and it finally it's a point where it was like I needed to have – a different part of my life take take over, not the least of which being ministry. Although everything we do is ministry, so um, yeah, it was it was fun. I I think probably the one that was actually the the dearest to me was out of all the great people I interviewed and friends, and many of them passed away now. But um, you know, going to the Dry Lakes, going to Bonneville, and seeing that place that has not changed in all these years, and as I looked. And, and looked at all the pictures in Hot Rod Magazine back in the 50s. And, and you go there now, and it's the same thing. There's no buildings. So, I mean, it's just the same old push cars and, and doing the same thing. And going there was, it, it's, it's a wrong term, I guess, but it was like a religious experience for me. And that I don't think serving God is a religious experience. So I can get away with saying that. But it was just like, wow, I'm here, you know. And I got to 
riding a car and see what it was like to chase the floating mountain and all that. And that was that was probably one of my best experiences uh, to be there as, as a car guy, you know. But, uh, of course, everything we do, we're in ministry. We don't want to escape ministry. All of us are in full-time ministry, and that's the more important thing, of course, which you want to talk about today. Yeah, and, and let's piggyback on what you just said, Barry, and I think you talk about it in your new book as well. Is is there a difference in the Christian life between a, what we call a secular job and a, a ministerial or vocational ministerial job? Is there a difference? Because many times we as Christians, uh, we think, well, I'm not in the ministry, so I can't share my faith. Well, yeah, that's a big part of my story because I, I, I had that feeling to the point that I thought I should leave my business and go into quote unquote full-time ministry. And if you read my book, you know the story, but I, I closed the door to my office one day. I said, God, I think you're leaving me full-time ministry, but I'm the, I'm the third generation leader of my business. If I leave, it will not succeed. And we were just starting retail right at that very time. And uh, we were up, up to that time, we were just selling uh, body shops and buffing cars and body shops and stuff. And I'd worked four years and finally just gotten started. It was just starting to go and I love my business. But I felt like God was leading me to full-time ministry because the more I was sharing my faith, the more I was sharing my faith, the more sharing my faith, the more people I was influencing. I, wow, you know, this is, I think God has another plan for me. So I, I prayed the most fervent prayer of my life one day. I just shut the door to my office and asked God to tell me what he wanted me to do. And I said, God, if you want to go to full-time ministry, I'll do it. I'm all in. I'm yours. <laughs> but I, I, almost need, I said, I almost need to hear you, your audible voice. Um, because I have to really know it's true. If it is, then I'm leaving. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I'm, I'll, I'll go and I don't know how I'll support my two young daughters and all that, but I just want to be where you want me to be. I just poured out my heart to the Lord that day. And now 20 minutes later, a guy walked to my office by the name of Dave McNutton. If you read the book, you know the story, but uh, he was a guy I had never met. Uh, he goes my, he went to my church at the time. I knew he's a missionary kid. He'd spoken from the platform a couple of times. I knew his name. Never had exchanged a glance with him. Never anything. And now he's in my office. And uh, he said, I just in the area, Barry, thought I'd stop by and ask you, how, how are things going? And so I made a snap decision. He wasn't into cool cars and shiny paint finishes, which is our business. So I just started telling people to share my faith with. And he looked at me, he said, God's given you a wonderful ministry here, hadn't he? Oh, wow. And at that point, I had seen the two separate, as you just suggested. And that was, he was saying they're the same. I just, whoa, wait a minute. Why would you say that? He said, well, pastor could never reach the people that you're reaching. But as a businessman, you can. And he gave me this line. This is 1976. He gave me this line. It's obvious that your business is your pulpit. And folks, wherever you are, that's your pulpit. You can't get away from it. No matter where you are, you're right where God wants you to be right now. And you're supposed to use it for your pulpit. And no matter where you are, you're most likely, unless you're a convent or something, you're surrounded by people going to hell. And and they're looking for God. And 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 they're not going to find out. They're not going to church. Right? Almost 90% of the population is not going to church. They're looking for God, but they're not going to church. So how are they going to know unless somebody tells them? And we're not telling them. Only 1% of us are telling them. So the, the problem in America today across the board is not them. They're lost. They have an excuse. They're lost. They see good as evil and evil is good. They see all the crazy things they're doing right now is really good. They're stupid. They're, they're, they're insane. But they see them as good because Satan's blinded them. They're lost. Understand they're lost. They're not bad. They're lost. There are some evildoers out there that are beyond, I don't know if anybody's beyond redemption. If anybody is, they are. You know, they're out there. I don't, I don't have any hope for them. But ninety more than 90% of the people that are following them and thinking they're really smart gurus and all this crazy is going on, I don't get the issues. But they're just lost, and and they're not going to get it from church. So the only way they're going to get it is from us. We're their only hope. You're their only hope. The lost people in your life, you're probably their only hope. If you don't tell them, who's going to tell them? We're not going to change America with with Washington or politics or the minds of men or then the Senate, all that stuff. That's not going to matter because it's all secular. The only thing that's going to matter is, is if we can get a hold of their hearts and, and and walk them into God's presence where God will take the plates off their eyes and they can see for real. Then they will vote correctly. They will love correctly. So our mission, our, our ministry is 
um, is, is just that ignite Christians. About 90% of you sitting on the bench. You're complaining about everything, hoping maybe somebody will get elected or whatever. Your your whole emotional state is on stuff that doesn't even matter. <laughs> the only thing that matters is we're on our way to heaven. And um, if, if you focus on that and live for God's purpose, then he opens up doors for you and you start having an exciting life and, and all his promises come true. And you come down to this one point. If you're a Christian right now, folks, the only thing that'll matter, if, if the rapture happens today, the only thing that'll matter this afternoon or a year from now or a hundred years from now, the only thing that's going to matter in heaven is how many people are in heaven because of your influence. Hmm. So I remember, I, I figured I figured that out right at the beginning of all this. That it, you know, I've sold a lot of car wax. <laughs> Number one we have 75 products on the shelf at Walmart, okay? Um, it's not going to matter how many bottles of car wax I sold when I get to heaven. The only thing that's going to matter is how many people are heaven because of my influence. Can you imagine having somebody come up to you in heaven and say, because of your influence, I accepted the Lord? And that's for eternity. That's for eternity. And you can have that experience every day. If you just get off the bench and stop worrying and stop worrying about saving America, start worrying about saving lives. We're running out of time. We're running out of time. I mean, all these people around us going to hell that we have an opportunity to lead to the Lord by loving on them, not reciting stuff, just loving on them. And of course, that's the whole big part of the story is stop worrying about the scripts and all that stuff. And just, he said, they'll know you're my disciple by your love, not by how you repeat a script. <laughs> and when you love on people, God opens the doors for them. And all of a sudden they realize your love is real. And they'll open up and tell you their needs. And then God gives you the right scriptures to say to meets their needs. And a person's life's being changed in front of you. And all of a sudden it's like God is using you. Wow. If you never had that experience, you don't understand what being a Christian is all about. That's what this book is about. And that's why we call it Ignite Your Life. Because when you live for his purpose, to seek and save the lost, to move everybody every day closer to Jesus, um, your life will be ignited. It will. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the gist of the book, as you well know. But uh, it it uh, it there's nothing secular for me, for you, if you're a Christian. There's nothing in your life that's secular. Nothing. There's nothing secular. You can't get away from it. Everything you say and do is moving people closer, further away from God. From the moment you get up to the time you go to bed. Everything you do from your family members right on through the day, everything you say and do is moving people closer or further away from God. You think about that for a minute. That changes a lot. It changes what? Spend your time and what you laugh at and how you dress and, and where you go and what you look at and, and, and what you indulge in. Are you telling me I can't, if I do that, I'm not going to go to heaven? No, of course not. You're on your way to heaven. I can tell you this. You need to think about is whatever you're doing, helping you win people to Jesus Christ, leading people to Jesus. Be holy as I am holy. And so also that constricts us all of a sudden thinking, I want to I want to do everything I can to get everybody I can into heaven. That's where I'm going to go. Barry, why do you think uh, the church, and I, I include myself in this as well, why do you think we as the church collectively are so hesitant in, in sharing what God has done in our lives, sharing our faith? Why are we so scared to do that? Well, I, I, think, I think the church... I, I don't know where it all started. I haven't researched that. It would, be, it would be an interesting study. But certainly all of my lifetime, and I'm 80 years old, but certainly for longer than my lifetime, we've been told that we have to memorize stuff. Get your story down. You know, well, I have a million stories. What story do you want me to use? <laughs> and I really don't have to memorize it to tell my story. Find one person today. Okay, well, of all the people going to be with today that are lost or on their way to hell, how am I supposed to pick one? I'm supposed to pick one? Okay, how do I pick the right one? And about how about all the others I could be with today that are going to hell? Do I just let them go to hell? Well, it doesn't make sense. So you have to script, you have to memorize, you got to get point two and point three, all this stuff. And, and, and it's, it's so scripted, it's not real. And Jesus didn't say, they'll know you're my disciple by how well you memorize scripture or how well you memorize a script. He didn't say that. He said, they'll know you're my disciple by your love. And so we just love on people. God loves us. When he loves us, he's salvationing us. This is a great, this is a new term for you, but it's true. The, 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 the thousand percent, God's love for us, us is salvationing us to bring us 
with him to heaven. That's what his love is all about. And when we love our neighbors as ourselves, and that's everybody, that's everybody you talk to today and every day, he, he chooses to use us to reach them. Wow. That's incredible. He chooses to salvation them through us. So mm-hmm. that changes your conversation. Every time you're with somebody, I don't care who it is, it changes your inflections. It changes everything about you because you wanted to, at the end of that conversation that every conversation you have from now until you die, <laughs> you want to walk away knowing I just moved that person closer to Jesus. If, if nothing else, I just loved on them and said, God bless you. Have a good day. And I'll look them in the eye when I say it. If we all started doing that, we'd have revival. We'd have revival. It'd be so easy. So our, our mission, again, is to ignite Christians, <laughs> to ignite America with revival one person at a time. And when you start doing that, you jump into all these promises that make your life, turn your life into an adventure every day. It's amazing. Terry, and, and, you know, you come across as, as being filled with joy, and obviously you are, but it's not like you've had, a, you know, everything in your life has gone good. You've had some some major trials in your life, correct? Uh, you almost died at one point. Well, people are looking at me and say, well, of course he's smiling. I mean, he's got a beautiful wife. He's got a business. He's got cars. I mean, if I had all his stuff, I'd be smiling, too. Um you know, he gives you a little bit. If you're faithful a little bit, he gives you a little more. And that may be money or maybe something else entirely different. You may be you know, right in the middle of a mission field somewhere with everything going bad, but he's blessing you with joy. So I'm not saying that you, you, we all live different different types of lives. But um, it it is that joy that comes from just knowing you're right where God wants you to be. And we experience that in, in the worst times of our lives. I mean, uh, you know, we got a call and my 49-year-old daughter unexpectedly died. Oh, wow. And um, I, I probably I probably cried half the tears of my life during that maybe four-week period. I never lost my joy. And I knew he, she was in heaven. I know she's in heaven now. She's having the time of her life. So if you're having if you're having so much fun, why should I be grieving right now? I'm going to spend eternity with you. And uh, we had a thousand people at her funeral. We we, we had an altar call. Eleven thousand over eleven thousand people have watched uh, Nicole McGuire's celebration of life video on YouTube. Over eleven thousand wow. people have watched it. You know, and 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 I knew that as far as the service went and I was the major speaker, I knew that most of those were unsaved and most are going to look at me and say, what, what, where's his joy now? You know, so joy didn't work just the mountaintop. It's when you when you're dying in the hospital, I was dying in the hospital. They gave up on me. People were coming from all over the country to pay their last respects. The only two people that were. <laughs> crying and was caring on me <laughs> and i was determined everybody comes to my office i gotta move them closer to jesus and i had the greatest time i forgot about what's going on with me and uh, to a degree i mean i obviously know serious stuff's going on but i just was focused on leading people to jesus um probably the best one i had the best illustration was when I had I, my family uh, boiled down to finally, it was just one uh, brother and his boys who never waxed a car and couldn't read a balance sheet and couldn't understand what I was doing with retail. And it, they were just, they, everything scared them. So they sold to a joint venture company, God bless them. And, and he became the devil to me. And I found out after five years, he's going to throw me out of my business the next morning at a board meeting. Oh, wow. And so that night, um, was a, was, uh, was a very easy night for me. And this is why I say effortless faith. Okay. Effortless faith. Defeat fear with effortless faith. This was not hard for me. I prayed to God a very short prayer, perhaps the shortest prayer of my life. I said, God, I ask you for nothing, nothing because of two things. One, you know, I live for your purpose. Romans 8, 28, when you live for my purpose, when you live to seek and save the lost, when you live to move everybody every day closer to Jesus, when you live for my purpose, I will make everything in your life work together for good. And so I just said, God, you know, I live for your purpose every day. There's no question about it. You know that. And I know you honor your word. 
And so um, can't wait to see what you have in store tomorrow. <laughs> and I went right to sleep. I mean, I went right to sleep. I slept soundly all night. I never woke up. I woke up fresh, walked to my attorney's office where we were taking the conference call. Everybody was up from their own offices. And with eight minutes, God had so discombobulated my joint venture partner. <laughs> they were cussing at me. They were just foul. They just go like <laughs> I broke out laughing. It's like, God, I could have worried all night long. I could have paced all night. God, help me. God, help me. That's not how God works, quite frankly, folks. He knows what's in your heart. Do you trust him or not? It happened that I didn't need to even tell him. He already knew my heart. I trusted him. And because of that, he worked a miracle. And when you go through those kinds of experiences, you realize that the tough times of your life are the best times of your life. Because when you really do trust him, he really does come through. <laughs> he really is real. And you never have to doubt him. And from then on, it's the rest of your life is like an adventure to see what he's up to next. I mean, it, it, it ignites your life. The name of the book is Ignite Your Life. And, <laughs> and it, it really does. It's crazy. <laughs> Barry, Barry, this book, again, Ignite Your Life, Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith. Was there an aha moment for you where you said, I, I've got to write this book. I've got to get this information out there. Or is it a combination of things? Well, I, I've known I was going to write a book of some sort for years, and my ministry team encouraged me to do it. But I, 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 I wanted to wait until I thought it was the right time in human history, quite frankly, and not that I have a crystal ball, but um, yeah. when, when I mean, the world is falling apart around us, you know, um, and we all have our own persuasions. I'm, I'm of a, a pre-millennial rapture guy that thinks God's going to come back at any time. So from my perspective, I may or may not be right, who knows, but from my perspective, I think the rapture could happen at any moment. And so I'm looking at how do we get as many people into heaven as, as fast as possible. And so we need to ignite the church. 80% of the unchurched, which is almost everybody in America today, you know, not, only 10% of us are really born-again Christians. So 80% of that 90%, over 80%, um, know the world's out of control. Um, they're, they're hoping there's a God. They're looking for somebody to tell them. They're actually looking for somebody to tell them. And guess what? They already have a, at least one Christian in their life that they trust. That's, that's opportunity. The, the fields are white for harvest. Everybody around us is wanting to know where God is. And we just walk through. We're so busy going to our Bible study, whatever. We're not even paying attention to the people that are all around us. And if we just look, they're everywhere. And when we reach out and touch people, amazing Things happen. And so when we start doing that, we're, we're living in a different area code. I mean, all of a sudden, the, the world opens up and every day is an adventure. Every day, literally every day is an adventure. And you find yourself caught in the, the most amazing conversations that God orchestrates. He orchestrates their steps and our steps. And 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 get them, if, if you don't get them saved, you don't have to get them saved in the spot. Sometimes it'll take 50 years. Who knows? But you want to move everybody closer to Jesus. And it's a team sport. There's many other people around that person can help them as well. But people are looking. They're looking right now. I've been sharing my faith on a daily basis, as has my wife, for 50 years. For 50 years. This year is our 50th year sharing our faith every day. I can tell you it's never been easier. It is so easy because everybody is like, they want to know what's going on. What's what's happening? Where's God in all this? So, um and then when you do that, you get asked questions you don't know. That's the best part. Say, I don't know the answer. That's a great question. Let me search on it for a little bit. Can we get back next Thursday? Guess what's going to happen between now and next Thursday? Nobody's going to tell you to get in the Word. Man, you're, <laughs> you got to find the answers, right? Now you get your, your, all, your, all your reference materials, everything. Then you find it. Oh, my goodness, there it is. Then you get to go back with Bob and, and and you show him what the scripture says and they're overjoyed and they're weeping. And I mean, do you, you have these experiences continually? Do you have to pray? Do people, does anybody have to tell you to don't pray? No, you're praying like crazy. God, I got to be with Bob on Thursday. And I got to have words for these people that are meeting today. And so your, your prayer life explodes, your Bible life, your buddy Bible study explodes. 
and all that happens, and then your own life, your own spiritual life explodes. You have intimacy with God, and that ignites your life. It's just it's just the most amazing thing. If you're sitting on the bench, like most Christians are, about 80% of you are sitting on the bench, grumbling, complaining, wondering where God is, hoping Trump will get elected, or whoever your favorite candidate is, and basing all your, your joy on that, or lack of joy on that, and meanwhile, you got all this opportunity all around you that you're ignoring, if not aiding and abetting by complaining as much as they are about all the same stuff. <laughs> you got you got to get off the bench and into the game, and that's when life begins as a Christian. It really does. Barry, you mentioned something, and I'm paraphrasing here, but some you, you said sometimes it takes a long time for it. Uh, you're witnessing to someone you love, or or being in their lives and telling them about your faith. Don't you have a story with? Uh, is it uh, the famous car designer? Is it George Barris? Um, yeah, in, in your life that uh, kind of ties in with that? If, yeah, I have a million of them, but uh, George Barris being one, I, I, I knew George for 50 years. He used our products his entire life. Um, he was a bit of a scoundrel, a bit of a ladies' man, and um, I could not get to first base with him through all the years. Loved on him. Or, I mean, he knew where we were coming from until he got a, a brain tumor that eventually killed him. And then he was ready to listen. And I led him to the Lord. And um, and I spoke at his funeral, huge funeral. This is one of the most famous car guys there is. And I and I actually did an altar call, not an altar call, but a call for salvation, even with that large group. And afterwards, his, his grandson got up, Jared, and said, I have a story I had been told you, Barry. The last time we saw my grandfather, George Bears, He's, we walked in, and the, and the nurse wanted to make sure he was lucid, and she said, can you tell me your name? And he said, George Barris, can you tell me your birthday? He told her. She says, one last question, What's, what are you most thankful for? And he says that Jesus is right here with me, and he's saving me. Last thing he said to his family, you know. Wow. That was 50 years. I, I've had a number of those that they go for decades. We can't, once we put a date on it, we get frustrated and I've just given up on dates. I have too many friends I've been sharing with for 20, 30, 40 years and still trusting that they're going to get in before their time is up. But I keep telling them, you know, you wait to the, if you wait till the 12 o'clock hour, God may take you at the 1130 hour. So I mean, you're, you're, you're playing with fire here. And I never, I never beat up on them. You know, I never preach at them. I don't argue with them. I don't argue. I don't do apologetics well at all. I don't apologize. I don't, I don't, I don't argue with anybody. I just love on them. I love to know that God loves them. Most people can't understand. They can't comprehend that God loves them after all they've done in their life. And just that all by itself gets their attention. God loves you. And he wants you to spend eternity with him. Wow. Really? Seriously? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I've had a, a number of people. I had one. I'll give you one, one more right quick. I had a friend of mine in, in Chicago, Bill, called me. And he says, our, our friend in Oregon, Jack, is in a hospice bed. And he just told his wife he needs to talk to Barry McGuire. So I called Jack and, and, and let him tell me his story. I didn't act like I knew anything. I said, well, what can I do for you? He said, I need to talk about God. You're always talking about God. Now I need to know. And so... In about 10, 12 minutes, I led him to the Lord. And I even prayed a second. I had him say all the words so he knew it entirely. He was totally lucid. I said, Jack, you know, you and I are going to spend eternity together. He said, what? I said, we're going to spend eternity. We're going to spend eternity together, Jack. We're going to spend all of eternity forever together because you just accept the Lord and you'll be there with me. We'll be there together. you just get there a little sooner. And he laughed. And he died later that week. Okay. Oh, and you say, what, 10, 12 minutes, that's all it took. No, it actually took 50 years. It took 50 years for sharing with Jack. And he didn't receive it. He didn't receive it, didn't receive it. But then he's dying. <laughs> it's amazing. I have, yeah, Karen says, I have a deathbed ministry. I have so many people are led to the Lord as they're dying. And I keep telling car guys, stop waiting till you're dying. Talk to me now. Yeah. Barry, that's so encouraging though again because we all know folks that we've prayed for that we've we, we think we're, we think we're planting seeds here and there in their lives and, and telling them truth and, and loving on them 
but they're they they don't they're seemingly not receptive to that. But what you've just stated, those two instances, is that uh, God is not on our timeline, right? He's he's on his own timeline, and he's the one that's going to bring that person to himself. He, he just asks us and 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 tells us to to plant those seeds and tell them about what God has done in our life and about the hope that's found in Jesus, right? Exactly, Tony. It's not it's not our responsibility to save them. Some people are never saved. Our, 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 our role is to introduce them and let the Holy Spirit do his thing. I, I have a former head of uh, president of the National Religious Broadcasters with me right now. I broke away from him to be with you. But he said uh, yes. Thank uh, you for that. This last night, like he got it last night. The day before, a guy that he'd shared his faith with when he was 17 years old resurfaced. And he was with him two days ago. And, 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 and this friend of mine said, I was sure he was lost. He said, it never left him. He said, I tried to get him baptized back then when he was 17. And he said, no, he says, he says, guess what, Jerry? I, I, three years ago, I was baptized. <laughs> wow. And now I'm leading people to the Lord. You know, it's like all these years he didn't know. We never, we have no idea. We have no idea of doing some that you are convinced are saved. They're saying the great words, but it's not taking. God looks at the heart and they can be in tears. They can say all the right words and not be moved. And other people can just sit there and seemingly not, not moved at all, but something's happening inside and God's changing their life. And they're right in the middle of the service. Uh, God welcomes them into the family. So you just don't know. All you can do is just share your faith to the best of your ability with everybody, every move everybody every day closer to Jesus and, and let God keep the score, you know, really. Very, you, and, and, and along of, the, of these same lines, you've talked about Romans eight twenty eight, and, and I, you've talked about there's uh, perhaps a, a limited understanding by believers of what that verse actually means. Can, can you expand on Romans eight twenty eight uh, in your own words, please? I've asked so many Christians through the years, hundreds, uh, can you quote Romans 8.28 for me? <laughs> and you know, most can't. Uh, they get the part of uh, all things work together for good. I mean, even the heathen know that. Okay. But but it's not working good for me. I mean, it may work for good for you. Not work, I got all these problems. It's not, it's not working for me. So what does that do to your faith? If you say, well, it works for somebody else, not me, then I don't know where my faith is. I'm kind of all over the place. So it could really... If you don't read the whole verse, you can get really lost in that verse, if not adversely affected by that verse. You have to read the whole verse. It's kind of like when he says, he came to seek and save the lost, and not one should be lost. He didn't want anybody lost. Well, most people are going to be lost, because part of that is you have to acknowledge the fact that you're a sinner <laughs> in need of a Savior. And when you ask the Lord to save you and forgive you your sins, he does that. But it's a, it's a two-sided thing. He does all the work, but we have to acknowledge it. Yeah. In this case, he says, I'll make everything in your life work together for good. What could be better? We're, give me another scripture in the Bible that says, if you're a Christian, from now until you get to heaven, I'm going to make everything in your life work together for good. I mean, that's an incredible promise. And it's true. But he says, I will make everything in life together for good to those who love me with all your heart, mind, and soul. You just need to be there. God, you're mine. I mean, I'm yours. I'm yours. You own me. Everything about me. Search my heart. I'm there. I, I love you. To those who love me, to those, if, you, if you're in, in with God altogether, committed, you'll live for his purpose. He says, to those who love me, to those who live for my purpose. There's no question what his purpose is. He came to seek and save the lost. Or we say to move everybody every day closer to Jesus. And so when we live for that, then we live in the promise of Romans 8.28. We actually have that. That is his promise to you. His promise to you is he'll make everything in your life work together for good. If you do two things, if you love him and live for his purpose, it's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple. It really works. I don't mean you. most people don't and they'll get to heaven. You may well be on your way to heaven, but not having a good time and not having any joy. And not having your life ignited, but you're you're going to get there to heaven eventually, and and you'll be fine. But how about having a, the time of your life right now, <laughs> and knowing He's right there and He's directing your steps? And when you live in that place where you know God's directing your steps, you live in wholehearted faith. He says, "Trust the Lord with your whole heart." Okay, your whole heart. Now direct your steps. Okay, so. It means that when you do this, when you live in the promise of Romans eight twenty eight, he'll direct your steps. 
change. One says if you if you don't waver, if you waver, I don't I I don't know anything to you. That's what it says in James one. Read it. He says it's, you're like a wave driven by the wind and tossed. You're an unstable man is unstable in all his ways. If you're praying and worrying, you're unstable. And he says I don't owe you anything. But on the other hand, he says when you have wholehearted faith, you ask whatever you want. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So this whole thing is much bigger than just getting people saved. In fact, I think getting people saved is secondary to the main thing. When God's after you, when he's speaking to you, he's secondary and interested in the loss. He's primarily speaking to you. And so in Isaiah 43.10, of course, remember in Jeremiah chapter 1, he says, Before I placed you in your mother's womb, I set you apart to be my witness. Okay. But then Isaiah 43.10, this amazing scripture says, I have put you as my witness so that you will believe. <laughs> if I was God, I'd say so. They'll believe. No, he's saying so. It's you'll believe. Why? Because when, when you're witnessing for God, when you're his witness, and you're not relying on a script, but you're actually your witness. You're just talking about the joy of your heart, who God is. God's speaking through you. His Holy Spirit speaks. You can feel him speaking through you. Mark 13, 13, 11. Mark 13, 11 says, don't prepare. And, and Luke 12, 12 says, let the Holy Spirit speak through you and bring to your remembrance scriptures that you may have not thought of for years. And all of a sudden, it's coming out of you. And you say, where did that go? You know where it came from. It's the Holy Spirit. And then that life changes in front of you. Nothing can rob you of your, of your joy. Nothing can rob you of your faith. When you have that happen, you have intimacy with God. Wow. That's why he wants you to share your faith. And that will ignite your life. Seriously. <laughs> Barry, uh, can you speak just, just for a second? Everything you said is, is spot on and it's, it's extremely encouraging. But I know that there are believers out there that their personality is an introvert. It's, it's not an extrovert. And I can speak that. That's my personality. So can you speak to that introvert who uh, is maybe intimidated, is, is living with fear, has a hard time even speaking to, to individuals that they come across on a daily basis, but they know the Lord. They, they have Christ living in them. Uh, can you give them some tips on how to share their faith? I have people say, you know, I, I just have my comfort zone. I can't get out of my comfort zone. Don't get out of your comfort zone. <laughs> just don't do that. I had um, a great man of faith who's hugely known in the church uh, talk to me on Sunday. He said, you you got me, you, you changed my life. I've been sharing my faith all my life in addition to all my ministry. But he says, I've always had my spiel. I've always had my little hook to get people into it. And quite frankly, it's taken me out of my comfort zone, and now I'm over into a sales pitch. Hmm. And when I read your book, I realized, stop the sales pitch <laughs> and just love on people. Uh, he didn't say, go into the world, all you who have a, a certain type of personality. He didn't say that. He also, by the way, a little sidebar, he didn't say, go into the world and, and read your Bible. And he didn't say go in the world and 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 pray. And and hugely, he didn't say go in the world and be a good person. You know, most Christians today, most evangelicals today, believe that being a good person is sharing their faith. It's not. Being a good person doesn't get you or anybody else into heaven. It's just being a good person. You and people like you for it. They'll really love you for it. And you you give a donation or you're loving or you're helping somebody across the street. People love you for being good. It has nothing to do with salvation. It's when you connect the good. If, if Christians would connect the good they're doing with God, we'd be a different nation. When you do it, you do it with the joy of the Lord and making sure they know that what you're doing is instigated by God. Now I'll go back and tell you a piece of story that most people don't know is I was an introvert. <laughs> that's that's hard to believe. I mean, I was I was more than an introvert when when we were starting our little business going into retail. We'd go into conferences, and I would hide behind Karen. Karen will tell you this very explicitly. I'd be hiding behind Karen. Karen has this personality. We've been we've always been the perfect match for each other. Thank God for Karen. I mean, we're married sixty years, coming up on sixty years of marriage. My goodness, I would I walk behind her. And she, she likes, give her a room where she doesn't know anybody. She is having a blast. <laughs> 
And she would engage in conversation. Once she got the conversation going, then I'd pop out and kind of say, hi, I'm her husband. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but that's basically how, how it worked. And um, what got me out of that was sharing my faith. It wasn't selling car wax. I could do that in a sales presentation, but I'm talking about real life, out with people you don't know all the time. And I realized I needed to tell people about Jesus that I pushed against my my innermost workings of my mind and all my, my hindrances because I knew I needed to tell people about Jesus. And so this, I mean, I've been doing it for 50 years and after you do it for a while, you get a little better at it. But don't think because you're, you're, a, you're a quiet person, you, you're off the hook. You're not. Like the Great Commission is to all of us. Go into the world, love on people, tell them about Jesus. That's everybody all the time. Very, very wise. Uh, Barry, what do, you, what do you want? Is there one thing that you want to come from this book uh, that, that someone orders the book? And I'll provide all of the links below the video and also the, the podcast links as well uh, to your websites. But is there one thing from this book that, that you really want to bless people with? Well, um, <laughs> of, of course, we want to ignite people. Our goal is to ignite Christians, to ignite America with revival one person at a time. Um, I, I, I'm thankful for all the evangelism programs that have gone on through the years. Millions of people have been brought to the Lord because of evangelism programs. I went through evangelism explosion and the campus crusade and all that. I'm so thankful for them. Um, I'm thankful for the great crusades. I've been to so many great crusades and watched the masses. But the fact of the matter is we, we need to pray for those. But most people will never go to those events. We're yeah. surrounded we have people every day that are lost. They're lost. They're headed for hell. And by my book, I think that rapture is happening pretty quickly. So uh, when we love our neighbors as ourselves, we are as concerned for their salvation as we are our own. And that changes everything. He says, if you do the two things, if you love me and love your neighbor as yourself, you'll fulfill the other 10, the other eight. Okay. That's pretty cool. You mean, are you telling me that I don't have to worry about fulfilling all the 10 if I just do the two? Uh, actually, yeah, that's kind of what he said. Well, how, how does that work? Well, if, if I love my neighbor as myself, everybody around me, then I'm as concerned for their salvation as I am my own salvation. <laughs> so then uh, that changes everything. And I mentioned a little earlier, but it changes, you know, what I laugh at? What do I talk about? What do I indulge in? How do I dress? The jokes I shouldn't be laughing at, all that kind of stuff. You're just thinking, how can I move everybody with everything I do closer to Jesus? And that takes the, the law out of the picture because it's not just the law. It's the joy of leading people to Jesus. So all of a sudden, the legal stuff, am I on the right side of the line? You know, am I, is he going to get mad at me for this? You know, forget it. You just forget all that. And just love your neighbors as yourself. Be as concerned for their salvation. You move everybody every day closer to Jesus. When you do that, you step into this promise of Romans 8, 28, where everything in life works together for good. And that's, I mean, that is, it's just so exciting. The problem is only 1% of us are doing it right now. So if you say, what do you want to do with your life, with with this ministry, with this book? I, I want to ignite as many people as I can to get off the bench and, and into the game. I, at the last chapter of the book, I say you, all of us have walked through one of three doors. <laughs> I get kind of real serious at the end. And, and the first door, of course, is you just ignore God, go on. And that's fine. Although most people have not read all the scriptures on hell and they're pretty terrifying. <laughs> and I do not yeah. see this as a door you want to go through. But it's there. If you want to test God and see and, and just guess and hope and pray that that's not there, then that's, that's your choice. I suggest that's not a, a good place to be. The next story is where you're, you're a Christian, you've accepted the Lord, but you're rejecting all of his calls to be a witness. All, all Everything he's talking about here, loving people and, and leading to the Lord and, and all this. And so you... But then you go through all these scriptures where, you know, he gives you the talent and you don't use the talent and you find yourself outside the wall or you know, in, in utter darkness or or dry branches thrown into the fire. <laughs> I mean, that's not a good option either. No, no. 
No, the third option, of course, is just, okay, God, I guess I'll do what you've called me to do and live for your purpose, not mine. And then I watch you bless my life and give me joy every day. And I know that you're answering my prayers. You're directing my steps. Uh, I mean, seriously, God. And then as I'm faithful in small things, you, you give me more. We're a tiny little business. It's not that, I mean, everybody has their different areas. Mine just happens to be that I started a tiny little business. It was a hundred year old business and I took it over and took it into retail. And all of a sudden we just, we grew like crazy into the brand we are today, but I did it second layer secondarily to, to sell car wax. <laughs> because this guy walked in my house one day and said, your business is your pulpit. From then forward, I realized that I'm going to work really hard by business. I have, I mean, I've worked 18 hour days for 30 years. It's not that you don't do that, but God directed my steps and just did things beyond anything I could possibly imagine. So what do I want for those and for our listeners today or listening to us? If, if, if you want to escape fear, 80% of you are living in fear right now. There's lots of things to be afraid of. If you want to escape fear and know that God is directing your steps, think of it. And you know God is answering your prayer, directing your steps, and he's ready to give you joy every day and make everything in your life from now until you get to work together for good. Just step into this world of igniting America one person at a time with revival. And that will ignite your life. So that's <laughs> that's where we are with this book. That's what we want to accomplish. <laughs> Barry, and, and the one it, many things that you've said really stick out to me, but it really gives me encouragement. And I know that folks that are listening, podcast only, audio only, or they're watching the video, um, the interview on YouTube or another channel. Your business is your pulpit. And my gosh, that that really wherever you're at in life, whatever type of a profession that you're in, whether you're you may be a, you may be a, a working or you may be a plumber, you may be a, a, a professor, you may be a physician or a housewife, whatever you do, your business, what, where you're at, the, the folks that you're intersecting with on a daily business, that's your pulpit. And uh, that that's that's extremely encouraging. So thank you for saying that. Well, it's really true, and our pulpits may change. I mean, uh, persecution of Christians is just starting. I mean, it's been coming for a while. Um, incidentally, I've never been persecuted. You know, one of the things that the church said, why do people not show their face? People don't want to be persecuted. <laughs> it's, it's like, bless those who persecute you. Well, I've been doing this for 50 years, and I've never been persecuted. You don't. People don't get mad at you when you tell them, do you know God loves you? They, they don't get mad at you. They may disagree with you, but they'll never get mad at you. Uh, I can I can do strange things. I can say, yeah, you're going to hell, or I, I can get people mad at me. There's ways to do that. That's not what God, God says by your love. They'll know that you're his disciple. So when when you do that, I mean, it just, it just changes everything. It just changes everything. And I say you have the time of your life for the rest of your life. And, and, you're, and you really do that. I mean, it's really true. What it will do for your life will change your life forever. And think about how many people, if you start doing this right now, if you start, if you vow right now, I'm going to start moving everybody every day closer to Jesus. From this, from this conversation on, I'm going to start doing that. Get our book. Uh, the book will help you with all kinds of illustrations of how I've done it for 50 years. Go to our website. Our website is igniteamerica.com. It's a wonderful website. Um, there's no sign-ins, no passwords. It's a million to ministry. You can't give us money. It's all about your ministry. And you'll see people, all types of descriptions, how they share their faith and they're having the time of their life doing it. So it's everything we're doing is is free. And, and it's just God's given me an opportunity where I can do that and just provide it provide it for you all. And we even have cards that you can use that um, you give out to people. I don't have one. I'm looking around my desk. I don't even have one right now, but, but they, uh, yeah, I got one right here. Okay. See this. I don't know if you can see this or not, but this is seeking God. Okay. Yes, sir. You can get these from our website. Uh, they come in packages of 25. They're free. Okay. And we'll send them to you. And um, you just keep these. And when you talk to somebody briefly, you talk to somebody briefly. See that little QR code there? So you, yeah. just, you just start to say, it sounds like you'd like to know more about God. They'll always say yes. Then you just pull out one of these cards to give to it and say, this, this card will tell you everything you need to know about God, how much he loves you, and how much he wants to spend eternity with him. 
There's so much fun to give out. And, and so many times to look at it and say, I can get all that from this website? Yeah. <laughs> it's all there and you don't need anybody to help you. This is to take it from zero knowledge of God to um, a, a, a total knowledge of God to the point of praying the sinner's prayer. So we have lots of tools for you to help you. We don't just send you off packing. We, we do everything we can to give you the tools. And again, if I could say anything, it's stay in your comfort zone. Don't get out. Just stay right there. If you get uncomfortable or the people you're talking to get uncomfortable, it's over. No confrontations. I have no arguments. I don't argue with a fool. I just, I just tell people how much God loves them. And when you do that, door, doors open up and it's just, it's, it's so much fun. Whoever guessed that evangelism, sharing your faith is the most fun thing you can do in your life. And it is, it, it really is folks. And so you need to get off the bench and get into the game and uh, try our book, Ignite Your Life. It'll tell you amazing stories of how to practically apply what I'm talking about uh, to real life. Our, our igniteamerica.com website. Uh, be real helpful to you to, to understand all the details to it, and 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 after this, just keep listening to Tony. You, know, you got to keep listening to Tony <laughs> on track. <laughs> well, Barry, again, your book is "Ignite Your Life: Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith." I encourage everyone listening or watching uh, order this book or go to Barry's websites, and uh, one is igniteamerica.com, another is rotw.com, and the little card. Go, go ahead. No, don't worry. Our ROTW is our fundraising site. Don't go there. I don't want your money. Okay. I just want you, okay. to, just want you to get blessed by igniteamerica.com. That'll do the, the, the trick for you. Um, big time. So igniteamerica.com. Go to the website. See, uh, read more information. To find out more about Barry. Um, find out more about his life and order the book. And, and you'll certainly be blessed and you'll be encouraged to share your faith. Uh, Barry McGuire, um, you've you've been a blessing to me, and I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the program today. Uh, it's it's been a delight. Um, you ask great questions, by the way, um, and uh, you can go. Uh, probably the easiest way to get the book is to go to Amazon. Uh, you can get there real easy. That's also one Audible books. I have a lot of people tell me they'd rather listen by Audible than, than by reading. So you can go. It's at Barnes and Noble. Wherever you go, the book is widely available and um, going quite well right now. I'm, I'm happy to say, and I think God is using it to, to to get some Christians off the bench and into the game and and having their lives ignited. <laughs> so anyway, thank you, my friend, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And Barry, I'll, just, I'll ask you to hang on just a minute uh, post-interview just to make sure everything is uploaded correctly. But uh, uh, again, Barry, thank you so much. And until next time.